This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 1 John 4, 9 through 12, the word of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. How did you spend New Year's Eve? Many of you may be surrounded by, may have been surrounded by friends and family, counting down the minutes and enjoying every moment way past midnight. I was happily asleep in my bed at 9.15, and it was a good thing too because Mike and I have a 17-month-old daughter named Eleanor, and she woke up at 12.30 and was up off and on till about 3.30. Perhaps some of you spent the new year awake, but home alone, like my mother-in-law in Indiana. She had reached out to a few neighbors on her street, but had not found anyone to celebrate the evening with, and so ended up starting the new year feeling a bit lonely. In 2017, the former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy called loneliness, quote, a growing health epidemic. In 2018, the health insurer Cigna surveyed 20,000 adults in the U.S., they used a loneliness scale developed by UCLA that asked questions like, how often do you feel isolated from others? That the people around you are with you, that, that people are around you but not with you, or close to people. And if you wanna take the 10, a 10 question version yourself, you can go online and you can Google Cigna Lonely Quiz, and you can see where you would fall in the loneliness scale. Now, if you felt lonely this last year, if you, if you were sometimes or always lonely, you are not alone. As they found out of the 20,000 people that they surveyed as part of this, the majority of people would be classified by the scale as lonely. Here are a few numbers for you. 54% of the respondents feel that no one knows them well. Always or sometimes they feel that. The options were always, sometimes, rarely, or never. So 54% always or sometimes feel no one knows them well. 47% feel left out, sometimes or always. Only 24% feel they can find companionship when they need it. One out of four. When you need someone to talk to, you need, you need someone to hang out with, someone to reach out to, only 24% feel that they can find that. This epidemic has devastating effects. In 2015, a study was done that found that, quote, 
a lack of social connections is as great a risk factor for early death as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Can you believe that? That's more a risk of early death than obesity and several other factors. 15 cigarettes a day, the lack of social connections. And being part of a church, friends, does not make you immune to this epidemic. Have you ever felt lonely at church? When I was in my late 20s, a single pastor, the loneliest time for me of the whole week was Sabbath afternoon when we did not have a potluck plant. I would find myself bringing a sack lunch to my office, because often I had other responsibilities later that day, or I'd go home and, and find myself eating alone in an empty house. This was very challenging for me, because growing up Adventist, Sabbath lunch was the most special and social meal of the whole week. I'm sure everyone assumed that I was eating with somebody else, or I was hosting myself, uh, people, myself, or I was just relishing some much-needed solitude. But I'm an extrovert. And the truth is, I was lonely, and I was too embarrassed to invite myself over to other people's houses, though I'm sure they would have been happy to have me. And I was too exhausted to try to plan hosting something. Have you ever felt lonely in church? Well, today, no one needs to eat alone. We're having potluck. So if you're not prepared, just come anyway, and by faith, I'll say that there's enough food to go around. Join us for lunch today. You can bring food next time. You know, eating alone in my office, I felt like my feeling of loneliness was my own fault. It was a lack of initiative on my part. I should have done something to make other plans so that I wouldn't be lonely. But what if we saw loneliness? What if we saw this epidemic? Not as a lack on the part of individuals. Not as a lack on, as, on the part of individuals, but an opportunity to look at who we are together as a community. What if we saw it not as a problem with some, but as a challenge for us all? After Christmas, after Christmas comes Epiphany. Now, now after New Year's, you might feel like Christmas is long over, you've put away all the decorations, but in much of the world, Christmas is not over yet. Today is the 11th day of Christmas, tomorrow the 12th day of Christmas, and Monday, when most people are back in school, Monday is a holiday called the Three Kings Day, or the Feast of the Epiphany. On this day, celebrated, it's called the epiphany to celebrate the revealing of Jesus as God. Jesus as God, not only for his Jewish relatives, but Jesus as God for all people, represented by the visit of the Magi. Through their visit, we see that God has not just come for insiders, God has come for wealthy foreigners and the local working poor. The Magi show us that this Jesus is not just a provincial Messiah advancing the cause and concerns of one particular tribe. Christ the babe is Lord of all. Today is part one in a new series called Epiphanies and we're gonna be looking for moments of fresh 
insight and understanding together. So my question for you today is what epiphany might we need in order to follow in the footsteps of the Magi in order to show a God who comes? A God who comes. And I like to suggest that in order for us to reveal a God that has come in the flesh, we need a fresh understanding of what church is all about. I'd like to suggest that church is really not about a solo individual religious experience that can be attended or watched online. Though I'm so grateful that we're able to feed our spirits in that way and that we can watch online if we're sick or we're traveling. Church is an opportunity in our lonely and world desperate for community. Church is an opportunity to practice loving one another. To practice loving one another. In that little letter, all the way close to the end of your Bibles, 1 John chapter four, we find these words again in verse 11. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How did God love us? John says God loves us by showing up in person, in the flesh, through God's son. God loves us by showing up with us. That's how God loves. Now we have a lot of different ways of showing love today. Many of you sent out Christmas cards. Mine are gonna be New Year's cards. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can send letters. There's digital messages. You can pick up the phone and call. You can do FaceTime or Skype. But any long distance couple in love is gonna tell you it's, not, it's just not the same. There are ways that you can know another person. There are ways that you can express love to another person that has to be happen in person. There's no other way. You have to be there in person to express love in that way. God loved us by showing up in person through God's Son. And John tells us something remarkable in the very next verse. Verse 12, it says this, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If we love one another. In other words, when we love one another, as we love one another, another God shows up in a whole new way. And this, John says, is a self-reinforcing cycle. In other words, if you're having a hard time seeing God, John says, even though God has come in the flesh, he says, no one has ever seen God. If you're having a hard time seeing God this morning, John says, practice loving one another and you'll see God in a new way. If you're having a hard time loving those very difficult to love people in your life, focus on how God has loved us and you'll find a new reservoir of strength to love them well. And this is reinforcing itself. So as we see more of who God is and God's love, we have more love to give to others. And as we practice loving others more, we have new vision of who this God is that has shown love to us. It's a self, a reinforcing cycle. Love for God, love for others, love for others, love for God. 
Now you may say to me this morning, well, that's very easy for John the Apostle to say. He's writing to Christians just 40 to 60 years after Jesus walked to the earth, and of course, they're loving each other in incredible ways, right? Well, if you read the whole letter, and you get some insight from some biblical scholars, they're not having an easy time of it, these churches that John are writing to. In fact, in John chapter two, you'll see that there's been a church split. There's a whole group of people that have left very antagonistically and are trying to get other people to leave with them. We don't know everything about these people, but they could have been followers of a man named Serenthus or his ideas. He claimed that Christ was divine, Christ was divine, but not baby Jesus, no. Baby Jesus was not divine. Baby Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth was of the flesh. Christ was divine, and Christ came upon Jesus when? At his baptism, that's what they believed. And then guess what? Christ did not die on the cross. Christ left Jesus of Nazareth right before the crucifixion. In other words, God did not come in the flesh. God did not descend into our mess, into our humanness. God did not come in the flesh. We need to focus on being spiritual and having spiritual knowledge and having Christ in us, not this Jesus of Nazareth figure. The church was split. There was a lot of antagonism. They wanted to forget the flesh, but friends, when we forget the flesh, we forget our flesh and blood, the human beings that are around us, and we forget a God who comes into our actual lives. The followers of John were not blameless in this conflict either. He's writing to them too, because they too have forgotten how to love in favor of defending their beliefs, the orthodoxy of their beliefs. They too need this reminder. They too need an epiphany, a fresh insight on who God is by how they love. How about you? Would you like to see God in a new way this year? If you do, if you long to have a fresh epiphany revealing of who God is, I wanna encourage you to focus on loving one another. I know that's very general. What does that mean, loving one another? What does that actually look like? Well, here's a few suggestions for you. You could start by right now where you are looking around at the people next to you. There's people to your left and to your right, in front of you and behind you, and guess what? They're usually the same people. Did you know that? We're creatures of habit, and so I can say, well, my family and I, we normally sit here. You probably have your favorite pew, your favorite section, your favorite area. Look around at those people. Do you know their names? I know you might have seen them for the last five years or 10 years or 20 years. It's a little embarrassing now to ask them their names, but that's okay. They probably forgot your name too. So I wanna challenge you before you leave today or next week during the greeting time, make sure you find out what the names are of the people around you because you know there's nothing that says love to us when someone calls us by our preferred name. 
If you want to go deeper in the challenge, I'm so excited to announce today that in January, February, March, leading up, leading up to Easter, we are going to be working on an updated church photo directory. I'm super excited, amen? So... Coming in as a new person, this is very, very helpful. There are a lot of you to remember your names. And so help me out, let's help each other out and be a part of that. You can keep your ears and eyes open, your email, check your email for ways of how to do that. And my, my goal, my plan is that by Easter, we would have this available in both printed option as well as on your cell phone that you can see. And don't worry too much about security. There's options where you can share certain information or not. It will be password protected. Um, and only people uh, pictured in the book or in, on the app will be able to access. Perhaps that's a way that you can learn people's names this next year. Now, if it's not potluck week, I wanna challenge you. What about inviting someone to eat with you? You might not want to invite them home. You might not feel comfortable to do that. Invite them wherever you're gonna be eating. There's a wonderful cafeteria right across the street. Invite someone to eat lunch with you when it's not potluck week. Maybe you have not yet been part of one of our Sabbath morning classes. There's a large diversity of different classes and I've been enjoying going to each one and discovering what they're like. If you have not found one, that's an excellent place to practice loving one another. It's a smaller group. You get to know the names of everyone. I encourage you, ask a greeter where they are, pick up a map, find out, join one of those classes in the morning. But guess what, church is not only on Sabbath. It doesn't, it's not just what happens on Saturday. Throughout the week, there are ways to connect. And if you got your take notes, that little announcement sheet, you'll see that there's a section that has small groups and other gatherings that are happening throughout the week. There's all sorts of things from ping pong Monday nights, ping pong Monday nights, there's um, singing in the choir on Wednesdays or studying the Bible Wednesday nights or Friday nights, sewing, hanging out with seniors on Thursdays, making blankets Sabbath afternoons. There's so many different ways to be a part of a life-giving group build relationships, and if you look at the list and you think, huh, I don't really fit into any of that, but I love doing dot, 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 let us know, and we would love to have an opportunity to have that be part of one of our life groups here at the La Sierra University Church. If you have a suggestion for one, or would like to open something you're already doing up to this community and would like to learn more about what that would look like, I would invite you to go to the website, go to lasierra.church forward slash life, lasierra.church forward slash life. You can scroll down and at the bottom there is an option to click connect and there's an online sign up form you can do and you can share it with us. Your ideas for a group, a group you're already part of, you'd like to open up to the rest of the church, let us know for another chance to do that. Now, two weeks from now, another way to meet, get to meet other new people, uh, two weeks from now, Saturday night, we are going to have an introduction to ballroom dancing. So if you have never danced a day in your life, this is a wonderful opportunity. 
Um, or if you know a lot and would like to come in and enjoy an experience and get exercise, not just physical exercise, but exercise in loving one another, getting to know some new faces, some new people this next, uh, in two weeks from now. I wanna encourage you, as you practice loving one another, you will see a fresh vision of who God is. Isn't that what you want for 2020? Don't you want a new reservoir, a new way of loving one another um, that you can draw from? I wanna encourage you, if you're having a hard time loving, focus on this God who comes into our flesh, into our world to be one of us. If you're having a hard time seeing God, focus on those people around you and how you can express and share love with them. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer as we sing this song together. There's some words that are a prayer in this song and they're beautiful. Pray this prayer to God. God, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Lead me in your love to those around me. How about starting with the people in the pews ahead of you, behind you, to your left and to your right. Amen.